Hello, it is Wednesday, March 17th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is another edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. First thing today, um, I guess Mark Ratner, senior, well, just the uh, vice president for regulatory affairs for the UFC, was on MMA Junkie Radio, and he was talking about the glove situation because, of course, he was asked about the glove situation from the eye pokes stemming from Bilal Muhammad getting um, poked in the eye from Leon Edwards on Saturday. And here's what he told MMA Junkie Radio. We've been working on getting a glove that's a little more curved so you won't have eye pokes. It's not that easy because you'd still want to be able to wrestle. The way the gloves are designed would be pretty hard to keep your hands closed the whole time and be able to wrestle. And to this I say bullshit on the we've been working on because the gloves exist and everyone knows the gloves exist. UFC is not working on this. They're not changing it. They're not going to change it. This is a cop-out. It's just a way to answer the question and move on. And what's disappointing in this and is the fact that the answer is just accepted. And when you accept an answer like this, which you know, you know is a lie, and then you're just doing PR for the UFC. It's just PR. If you accept everything the UFC tells you and don't push back and don't question and just roll with the lies and print the lies, then you are a part of the PR machine of the UFC. And Ratner knows this isn't true. Trevor Whitman developed a glove, the Pride gloves, the Bellator gloves, they are all curved and they all worked. The, the problem is the UFC wants to own the patents and if, but they don't want to pay for them. So that's the problem. The UFC is not looking into this. They have no no reason to because the uproar will last for a week or two and then it'll disappear. But that part doesn't bother me so much. What bothers me the most about this is that the answer was accepted and just moved moved past without any question about Trevor Whitman's gloves or the Pride gloves or the Bellator gloves. It's disappointing that the MMA, the majority of the MMA media just accepts what they're told. And this this is also true from Dana White. When when Dana White lies to the media and, and the media knows he's lying, they'll, it just gets printed as Dana White said. And there's no context added. There's no um, recognition of the fact that it's a lie. And that's not going to help the fighters. It's not going to help the media look like it's doing its job. It's just going to help the UFC. And that is not the job of the media. If you signed up to be a UFC PR shill, then get paid by the UFC. But, yeah, it's disappointing. I hate it. I, I wish it would change. I wish it would change now. Speaking of disappointing and hating it, and I wish it would change, we know Junior Dos Santos was released by the UFC, and now, of course... He's speak not of course, but now after the release, he's speaking up about a couple of things that happened on his way out the door. Uh, 
and he spoke to Ariel Hawani about this, um, and he said for his Cyril Gain gone fight, um, it was six weeks or something for it. I was in Brazil, and I wasn't really training, and he offered me the fight. You're going to fight on December 12th. I said, okay, I'll fight him, but put the fight for January, please, because I'll have enough time to get prepared. Then they already told me that, no, we need you to do this to get this fight now because if you don't get it, we were thinking about releasing you from the contract. I said, man, you're not giving me any time. It's not an option. You're not asking me. You're saying that I have to fight this day even if I can or not. So then I said, yes, I went to the fight. I can't complain. I was ready. I trained good. I had a very good body. I have very good body memory. I got in shape very fast. I was ready. But it wasn't the necessary time for a real fight, especially for a tough guy like him. You know, so I went to the fight, and it happened the way it happened. Well, what happened was he got knocked out. But, um, And then he continues. Uh, before they released me, I was in a conversation with Hunter Campbell. The conversation with Hunter, they offered me to get the fight with Mar Marcin Tabera. I'm terrible in pronouncing names. On March 27th, I said, man, it's right now. I came from my concussion with Gone the same. I was coming from my concussion, and I think, give me some time so that I can get prepared for the fight. I want to fight, but not right now. So then they decide to release me. You know, what it sounds for me, it's like dictatorship. You have to follow it. Whatever they want, if you don't, you go away, and here I am. I went away. This isn't a surprise at all. Um, what disappoints me about this and disappoints me uh, often is that we only hear these things after the fighters have been released when they know you know, everybody knows this happens while they're under contract, but no one speaks up, or very rarely do they speak up. And then when you come out a after the fact and speak up, well, then it looks like sour grapes. Then it looks like you're just trying to badmouth the UFC for releasing you. And people are going to side with, not everybody, but you're going to see people side with the UFC. And I understand that because... If you're not dug in with this stuff and you just say, all right, this guy was released and now he's complaining, it looks like just someone complaining. But, you know, the fact is that if you speak up during your contract, that's just as that's more risky because they might release you then or release you on a loss because, well, you spoke up and you aired the dirty laundry in public. Um so I understand why Dos Santos is speaking up now. I wish he would have spoke up sooner, and I wish other fighters would speak up sooner. Uh, and this is just another reason that the fighters should organize and get an association if they can. Um, because this is the kind of stuff that happens when everyone's divided. You get pushed around and forced into doing things that are, in, in the case here, not only what you don't want to do, but unsafe for your health. And that's another point here. Um, if Dos Santos was concerned about his a brain injury, and I don't care if he was concussed or not, if he's concerned about recovery time from a knockout loss, there should be no question that he should get that time to recover until he feels healthy. Because what is it hurting the UFC if he's taking the time to recover, they're not paying him. You know what I mean? They're not paying him until he fights. So to keep him on the roster till he recovers is the right thing to do. 
especially because let's never forget that Dana White has said the UFC goes above and beyond when it comes to health and safety. Well, if you're saying you have to fight even though you're concerned about your brain injury, a possible brain injury, or you have to fight while you want time to recover from a possible brain injury, well, that's not above and beyond in safety. That's not even meeting basic safety requirements. If a fighter is concerned about their health, the UFC should let that fighter deal with their health issues because, like I said, they're not paying this guy, any fighter, unless they're fighting. So what's the big worry? And if you were going to release him, you should have released him before you asked him to fight. And now he gives you a reason that he can't fight, and it's tough shit. Your health doesn't matter. We have an empty spot on March 27th that has to be filled. And if you're not going to fill it, for whatever reason, we're going to release you. So, if fighters that are being bullied, and that's what this is, bullied into fighting when they can't, when they shouldn't, when they're not healthy, when they're not trained, speak up while it's happening because then it can get addressed. Then it's a story. Now it's a story, but it's going to be a forgotten story because you're no longer with the, the organization and everyone's going to say, this is just a bitter ex-fighter that got released. And that's how the UFC is going to manage the, the issue and that's how a lot of fans and media are going to manage the issue because it's just easier to do it that way so uh, other fighters should learn a lesson here you're not safe if you speak up or don't speak up you're screwed either way so you might as well speak up while you're still under contract because then I think the media will handle it more aggressively. I think the fans will be more understanding. And maybe, maybe you'll inspire other fighters to keep to speak up and the tide will turn a little bit. Uh, but we need people to do that. We need someone to set the example. I don't know if we're going to get that. Um, but that's the start of organize, organizing. That's the start of a mindset where while they while you're you're in a single single sport a head-to-head -head sport you can still work together for the better of everyone that's not happening now it needs to happen or nothing will change george st pierre had some good advice here for conor mcgregor and this is uh, again on ariel hawani's show uh, and he said that once he got his first million his life changed. He felt, you know, that he was safe uh, financially. Uh, but then he still had, he had to find some other way to focus on fighting and, and keep his mindset on going forward with fighting. And here's what he said to, to Helwani. And this is in reference um, to McGregor, um, where McGregor is at now. To keep performing, you need to get out of your comfort zone. You can't stay in your comfort zone in a training camp because you're trying to recreate the same element you can you can face for a fight. And when you're in a fight, you won't be in your comfort zone. It's imperative if Connor wants to get back on the road to success. He needs to get out of his comfort zone. 
He needs to not be the boss of the training camp. He needs his coaches to tell him, you need to spar these guys and you need to go there and do this. Even if it doesn't please him, he needs to go through that. Because if you can stay in your comfort zone, the only thing that can happen is you will go down. You need to do that. And this is kind of the same thing I said with when Connor got knocked out by Poye was that if he's running his camps and that's the result and he's just got a bunch of yes men around him, well, that needs to change. And now GSP is saying the same thing. If you're running your camps and everybody's you know, obeying what you want, you're not going to get better. You're, you're going to get the same results because you're only doing what you want, not what you need. And if McGregor continues to do what he wants and not what he needs, he's going to, well, he's already stagnating. He's going to fall behind. And I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a guy who is his own boss. And while that's great, in a lot of ways, it's not that great if you're not listening to people who have your best interest in mind. And I don't think McGregor's camp right now has his best interest in mind. I think McGregor's camp has McGregor's interest in mind, which is not what he needs. He needs someone that's going to, like St. Pierre says here, someone who's going to tell him, this is what we need to do here, 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 here. This is the plan for the week. It might change from day to day, but this is what we're going to, we have penciled in, and this is what you are going to do. And if he doesn't want to do that, well, then that's his decision. If I'm the coach and um, somebody doesn't want to do what they need to do, then I don't want to coach them. But once you get used to that lifestyle of getting 10% or whatever of McGregor's gates, maybe your thinking changes. So maybe McGregor needs to uh, go somewhere else and work with some other coaches, work with some other training partners who don't care that he's Conor McGregor. But we'll see. We'll see. I think if McGregor stays where he's at and doing what he's doing, he's just going to fall further and further behind the pack. And I think that's what happened with Poirier. I don't think he took Poirier lightly. I think he didn't train properly because his ego get, got in the way. That ego needs to be stripped away and uh, he needs to start over. He needs to start over somewhere else. So speaking of St. Pierre, he had something to say about uh, Nick Diaz. And, and this is interesting because the fight that happened with Nick Diaz was, um, I think, eight years ago this week. And here's what St. Pierre said. It feels like I never made peace with Nick Diaz. I just like to have some sort of com camaraderie with my former opponents because we shared a moment. We made money. We shared a moment. We have a bond together. For me, he's one of the guys that I never had the chance to talk with after the fight, and I feel like it's missing a little bit in my life. I like this about St. Pierre, and I think maybe when the fight went down, this was not a possibility for the for Diaz, and 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 this is something the Diaz brothers, I think, believe and have stated, is that if you are fighting in their weight division, they do not want to be friendly or friends with you or communicate with you in any way, because they might have to fight you, and that's not something they 
are interested in doing. They're not interested in playing games uh, outside of the, uh, the cage and, and pretending they're friends with people who they might have to fight. And that's probably some kind of mental thing where they have to get in that frame of mind um, and build something up in order to get motivated to fight. Uh, and I think that's true because both of them have said they don't really like fighting. So why would they like... I think they need to get a, uh, some some emotion invested into the fight to to perform at their best. And I think that's what happened with St. Pierre. I know St. Pierre said that the only person he really lost his cool with was, was Nick. But I think through time... St. Pierre has become uh, a, a little more understanding of the whole Nick Diaz persona and attitude and, and mindset. And I don't know if this is something that could happen. Um, but with St. Pierre being retired, maybe, maybe it can. I don't know. It would be interesting to see. Um, and this just goes back to my thinking on Nick Diaz and that a lot of people, I think, misunderstand Diaz, and I think St. Pierre was one of those people while he was fighting. I think that he's, if he's had time to think about it, St. Pierre's no dummy. I think he can understand a little bit more about Nick Diaz and, and the way he approaches things and the way he thinks. Um, but I think at the time it was just he wasn't used to someone like Nick Diaz. And I don't think a lot of fans are used to someone like Nick Diaz. But uh, I've said this for years and years and years. If you listen to the Diaz brothers, I mean, really listen to what they say, they make a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Uh, but I don't think enough people spend the time to, you know, really listen and really pay attention to what they have to say. I think they just write them off um, and forget about them, which is a mistake in my, in my mind. So, I mean, it'd be interesting if this, uh, you know, if if Diaz and St. Pierre can come together in some way. But I'm not counting on it. But, you know, maybe uh, maybe it'll happen, especially since St. Pierre is talking about it. Maybe it'll happen. We'll see. Um, but that's all I have for tonight. I'll be back tomorrow. Maybe talk about the fights coming up on Saturday. So until then, everyone stay safe.